0: The following story has been brought to you by StoriesToInspire.org. There was a, an interesting character who used to uh, frequent the rabbis in the in the 80s. And uh, they called him the coach. His real name was uh, Abe. Saxon. And he lived in Long Island. And uh, I'll tell you the story how I I heard it. I heard it from an Englishman. I heard it from Yossi Liu, who told me this. Because apparently Yossi Liu used to sometimes have to arrange to bring the coach to the Fabrizio. Have you ever heard this from Yossi? Yeah. This guy, the coach, was an actual coach. Um, he was the coach of the Harlem Globetrotters wow. basketball team. And uh, just so you understand, he did not understand a word of Hebrew or Yiddish. In fact, there's a story about him. He actually went to the Rebbe crying that he cannot read Bet. He was an older man already. He couldn't read Aleph Bet. The never comforted him and told him he should start learning. But I just want you to understand, we're talking about a very, unfortunately, assimilated Jew, lived in Long Island, and they used to uh, broadcast the Nebbe's Favringen on satellite. WLCC. And he was watching a satellite Favringen. He could not understand what the Nebbe was saying. But, He saw that of his face, that of his holy face, and he was drawn to want to be there in that physical space. He didn't know what was happening. He couldn't follow one word, but he knew he had to be there. So he came to seven seventy. You know, it used to scroll by on the bottom of the screen. Seven seventy Eastern Parkway, Lubavitch World Headquarters. So that's it. He uh, he shows up to 770. He's in Empire Hill, World Headquarters, and he walks into uh, 770, and he starts asking people, "Where's the rabbi? <laughs> like, Which rabbi? The rabbi, you know, the rabbi I saw on my TV." So they said, "The rabbi." He said, "Yeah, yeah." That's what I want to see. They said, "Yeah, I mean, you can't just." Doesn't work like that," he says. "But I have to meet him." So somebody had pity on him and said, "Look, it's not really possible to schedule an audience." This was in the '80s already, and uh, it was before dollars. It was after this. So they told him, "Look, when the Rebbe goes to Mincha, the afternoon prayer, you can uh, you can try to go over to the Rebbe." And we're not promising you that you'll be able to speak to the devil, but you can try. So he said, great, no problem. And it was like nine in the morning or something. So you, you had to wait five hours. And uh, so he waited. He hung out in 770. And then the devil came out. And so, you know, when the Rebbe would move from place to place in 770, generally people would give the Rebbe a lot of room. Like, even if, it was, even if it was terribly packed, miraculously the sea would split. The, the, they would give the river room. And generally speaking, people would make their way to stand clear of the Rebbe. Definitely not to get in the his way, or even necessarily to attract attention to themselves. like, people would stand back. But this guy, he was too innocent, he was too pure to know that kind of protocol. All he knew was he was there to see the rabbi whose face he had seen on TV. And now this rabbi comes out and he recognizes, this is, this is the rabbi I came for, and he comes running right up to the Rebbe like nobody nobody did this. Running up to the Rebbe. And I'm surprised he didn't get tackled, honestly, to be, to be honest. He went running right up to the Rebbe and he says very vociferously, very passionately, he says, Rabbi, my name is Abe Zaks, I'm the coach of the Harlem Low Trotters. As if that would impress the Rebbe or that was somehow important for the Rebbe to know. It was a I mean it was a socially awkward situation. Now to say that the Rebbe took it in stride and was respectful and didn't shame this person, I don't think that would surprise you at all. So that goes without saying that Dedeva's response was very respectful and preserved this, this person's dignity. But Dedeva's response was much, much more than that. It was actually, to my thinking, so, such an unthinkable response. Just literally unthinkable. Until you hear it, and then you have to try to make sense of it. He runs up to the devil and says, I'm inside, the coach to no Homebuilding! And the devil, without missing a beat, says, Good, I need a coach! <laughs> <laughs> and continues walking to Mincha. And that was it. Here, I need a coach! That's it. It was almost as if that Emma was saying like, what? You're the coach? Where you been? We've been operating this whole time without a coach. You're the coach. It's like, I'm your Uber driver. I called you an hour ago. Right? You're the coach. Like, And he appointed himself to actually be a coach. And what he would do is, and he looked, he stood out like a sore thumb. First of all, everyone was wearing black and white and black hats. And, and he, he wore his, you know, he had like a windbreaker on and a bucket hat. And he used to stand up on a bench. And he would like, coach, you know. <laughs> and he couldn't understand a word that ever was saying. He couldn't understand Yiddish, But he would coach, like, go, go, Right? Because the Rebbe told them, oh, you're the coach? Okay, get to work. We need a coach. I promise you, if they would have done a poll, a survey, of everyone at the Rebbe's Fabrenians, and asked them, guys, we would like to add some enhancements to the Fabrenian experience. Does anyone have any suggestions for the suggestion box? What we could do to really take these Fabrenians to the next level. I promise you, nobody was going to say, oh, you know what we could do? we got a guy with a bucket hat to stand on a bench and go like this, if he's a coach. Nobody was going to suggest that. But this guy shows up, and then I was like, get to work. You're the coach. So that's it. He became the coach. I guess he already was the coach. That's sort of the point. Enjoyed this story? come again bring a friend stories to inspire.org